successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Brill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today on 980 KMBZ as well as on GrillNationShow.com. I appreciate you joining us as well on podcasts, on iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Going to be a fun show today. We're going to talk a lot about tech banking and what's going on here in Kansas City. But before we get to that, I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. They are really great people here in Kansas City and do great work. And one of them we will actually be talking to here very shortly. Our partners and supporters are, our title sponsors are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, Two West Advisors, also contributors to Grill Nation are the Rieger KC and Jay Rieger & Co., Kansas City Power and Light District, and Reactor Design Studios, Clifton Alexander as well. Want to want to check that too quick. we got One Light Luxury Parts, Apartments also is a partner and supporter now, as well as Ryan Maybe. Okay, so on today's show, we are going to be talking to Mark Fitzpatrick, who is the Senior Vice President at MoBank. MoBank, as I said, is a title sponsor of the Grill Nation show. We usually have Michael Viazzoli on, uh, but we're lucky today to have Mark Fitzpatrick joining us, as well as Sean uh, Karana, who is the President and COO at Cavern Technologies, a really cool data center here in the region. It's actually on the Kansas site, so I'm real interested to talk to him about the different things that are going on with Cavern Technologies, what makes it unique, how is business doing. We're going to get behind the growth of the data center world. We're also going to talk about why the Midwest, why Missouri, Kansas, uh, and also maybe get into some other stuff about how the relationship works with a bank such as Mo Bank here in Kansas City. You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation. So I love hearing from folks on social media. And also you can connect with me on Facebook and Snapchat. Just search for Jason Grill. Okay, we're going to bring on our guests now. Welcome to the show, Mark and Sean. Mark, you are from MoBank, and Sean, you are from Cavern Technologies. I appreciate you guys coming into the studio today. Great to see you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Get close to your mics, guys, so we can yeah. uh, we can hear you. Um, okay, so Mark, uh, you got the great opportunity today to come into the studio and talk uh, for 42 minutes about uh, MoBank and your relationship with uh, Cavern Technologies. Michael was... Uh, told me that you were a amazing guy, and so I'm excited to have you on the show. I think, I think he kind of overplayed me. <laughs> Plus, you're a Mizzou grad. Yes, I so am. So let's start off there that that, my, that Mark uh, went to Mizzou and is very involved in Mizzou, and it's good to have Missouri people come on my show. Usually it's Kansas folks, and uh, it's good to have a tiger on the show. Well, glad to, glad to be here. <laughs> glad to be with another tiger. Yes. So. Tell us about your background, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to Sean. Uh, I grew up, grew up in Kansas City. Uh, Rockers High, uh, went to the University of Missouri, started in journalism. Right. That First, makes sense. Yeah. Original <laughs> career was uh, in college athletics. I worked at Stanford for a year, and then I worked at Mizzou, and then I decided to go get an MBA. Mm-hmm. And in 1982, I joined Mark Twain Bank uh, in Kansas City, and they had just, they were St. Louis Bank. They had just started operations here. Mm-hmm. And I stayed there about 10 years, 
moved on to uh, First Business Bank. Uh, for a couple years in between, I went back to Mizzou and worked as the business manager in the athletic department. And then, uh, anyway. Do you know any of the law school, uh, Bob Bailey or any of those guys? I remember Bob Bailey, yeah. yeah he's yeah, still there. I just yeah. talked to Is him. Is he still there? He's, still, wow. he's, he's an emeritus or whatever they, emeritus, or do they call it now at the law school. Because I was there like 20-some years ago. So he's, yeah, he's, he's still, still there. there he's still there. He's yeah. still there. So you went back to Mizzou, then you got back into banking. Got back into banking at First Business Bank. That was acquired by Gold Bank in 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, uh, then I went to work for a community bank called Heartland Bank. And in 2011, I joined Missouri Bank. And uh, in uh, last year, Missouri Bank uh, joined the BOK Financial, and we always called ourselves MoBank before. Well, now that's our official brand name. Mm-hmm. It works real well. Good. It seems like a good relationship so far. It is. Uh, the great thing is uh, MoBank is, I, I would think you would call them a very entrepreneurial bank, dealt mm-hmm. a lot with small businesses. Mm-hmm. That was jo- a reputation for sure. Joining BOK has given us a whole host of new products and services. Now we have a trust department. We have opportunity mm-hmm. to offer mezzanine financing. Uh, we have investment divisions, private banking. It's a lot, of, a lot more uh, arrows in our quiver now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have an account there uh, yeah. for years. Yeah. And I always, when I started my company, uh, I'd go down to the Crossroads location. Which I very, think- very, 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 uh, you know, you felt like you had a place there. People were very kind every time you went in. And uh, since I've started using the, the mobile banking um i haven't been in as much but i kind of miss that what's neat about our branches is they all fit those neighborhoods i think the crossroads branch in particular is one of the coolest bank branches you'll ever go into people walk in there with their pets yeah we were one of the first businesses to rehab a building and it was a led certified green building uh and I think that, you know, started getting the crossroads going. again. It definitely stands out. Uh, Sean, uh, tell us about yourself. You are from where? Where'd you well, originate from? Originate from uh, India. Okay. I was born and brought up in New Delhi and uh, came here as a student many, many years ago. Not a Tiger, not a KU grad. Don't hold that against the me. University of Chicago? Is University that of Chicago, uh, MBA. And before that was a Wolfpack uh, from North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. Um Glad to be in Kansas City. Been living in Kansas City for 17 plus years. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, You know, came here to work at Sprint in a rotational program and and did well there, but worked in uh, New York, worked in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. but decided never to move my family. There's something specific about Kansas City, which makes Kansas City a unique place to to, uh, have a family Mm -hmm. and um, to raise a family. Mm And it's been great. Uh, there's really no reason to move out of this place now. And uh, one thing, too, is <clears throat> I travel once in a while now, and uh, you are centrally located. So when you're in New York and Atlanta, you can get there pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that the cost of living is cheaper, right? Yeah, I experienced all <laughs> that. And then I think there's something about the culture and the environment. What do you think that is? What do well, you think? I think I think there is something specific to just the, the way people uh, deal with each other. Mm. Um Nothing against the East Coast and the West Coast. I've worked on the West Coast as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. Feels to me like um, uh, people are driven more by uh, their watches and their time. The subway starts and ends, and and it, life is regulated around schedules on subway times, mm-hmm. which makes them feel always short of time, and uh, they're kind of high strung. If you've heard that term mm-hmm. on the East Coast and the and the West Coast, mm-hmm. there's more relaxed nature of conversations. People have time to go to lunches with people build relationships, which is why I'm here. Missouri Bank, a more bank now, as we call it, 
is um, is really driven by that. That's the relationship you have. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, I, I was in um, <clears throat> Utah actually over the weekend, and the West, the mountains. The farther you get, farther you get closer to Kansas City, like the Kansas City and kind of the Colorado and, and Utah areas, it seems like it's very more chill. People are more friendly. Uh, maybe it's the mountain air out there. Uh, you know, you're looking at beautiful places all the time, so everyone's usually in a good mood. And when you're in the city life, uh, in a big city, sometimes it's you lose track of the. Yeah. The, so I think kind of the mid tier, two to three million, four million people cities in this country are really kind of turning turning the corner and are just great places to live. I think a couple of other things that I've noticed as I worked. I know, like I said, I lived in Atlanta, I lived in Chicago, lived, mm-hmm. lived elsewhere in the world as well. I think the talent that we have in Kansas City of individuals is is really unmatched too. Um, you know, there is some views that hey, we got to go to the East Coast or the West Coast um, for talent, and we actually have really good talent here in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I want to get into that more uh, as we move forward. Uh, Mark Fitzpatrick, Sean Corona, uh, excuse me, Corana, Corona, Corona, yeah. Uh, just like Corona, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> are my guests today on the show. We'll be right back on Real Nation. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome back to the show. You're listening to Grill Nation with Jason Grill, 980 AM KMBZ. Appreciate you joining us as well today online at grillnationshow.com and on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. If you're listening on podcast, appreciate you joining us. We are talking to Mark Fitzpatrick, who is a, who is the senior vice president at MoBank and, uh, Sean Karana, who is the president and CEO at Cavern Technologies. Appreciate you guys joining us again today. Uh, it's great to hear about your backgrounds and what you're doing here in Kansas City. I want to talk now a little bit more about Cavern Technologies. Uh, Sean, tell us a little bit about um, Cavern Technologies and what you do. Uh, let me mention, too, the website for Cavern Technologies is just caverntechnologies.com. Well, th- thanks again, uh, Jason. I First, I wanted to thank Missouri Bank for the opportunity to be here and tell um, the Cavern Technology story. Um, it is a pleasure to be doing business with a local bank who fits with our culture and our values. I appreciate the MoBank management team of Mark, Mike, and Norm Bagwell, and before that, Grant. They've been a true partner of ours. Uh, regarding the Cavern uh, Technology story, uh, you know, Cavern Technologies is a leading data center in the Kansas City area. We started in 2007 started by a couple of guys, Pete Kloon and John Kloon, mm-hmm. both great entrepreneurs, and they've had deep experience in risk management and operations, Okay, which is really a great um, recipe for starting a data center business. We'll talk about what makes a good data center business. Um, we serve more than 100 customers across the U.S., and we're located in the underground facility here in Lenexa in Kansas. Being underground is really a differentiator for us because we are protected from natural disasters such as tornadoes, ice storms, and it's a highly secure location. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, and I never really thought about that. Uh, I grew up in the Parkville area, and they have Park University up there, uh, and they have caves. And so I used to be an adjunct professor there when I was a legislator. And uh, sometimes we teach classes in some of those caves. And I never really had seen, never really knew those types of things existed in uh, Kansas City area, where there were actual were, were caves or caverns 
where people had their businesses. And so you're saying that for a data center, this is very important. Yeah, it is very important because think about what a data center really is. It's a place where people store their invaluable information. Mm -hmm. They store their data. They store their business, basically. It's all electronic these days. And the last thing you want to do it is in a place where you're not secure or you feel every night that you don't know how it's going to be in the morning the next day. So got a lot of air conditioning on, I, I presume, right? A yeah. lot of uh, coolness in there. Um, <clears throat> what type of things do you all store? I, I'm, I'm curious about that. Like who's, who's, your, who's your potential customer? Yeah, so the data center by itself is basically you're storing computer equipment, right? So if you go back to many, many years ago, uh, people will uh, used to have servers under their desks. Mm-hmm. And then over time, they started putting that in their closet. And right. then That's this, what I've ex- seen. Expanded, yeah. then they put that in the basement. Okay. And in large companies, they are typically a floor that they would take on within the company and make that a data center. It's, when, it's when racks did, of when, equipment. When, yeah, when, when, did, when did it change? Like how uh, long ago? I would say as the internet grew, okay. that's pretty much in, in along with that was a data center. It's very proportional to that. Okay. And um, in the last 10 years or so, it's really taken off because the amount of data you're storing is really in the cloud, so to speak, or in a server that you have. So that typically resides in a data center. Mm -hmm. Then the question becomes, do I want to keep that in my own facility or do I give it to an expert who is outside my own facility? And that's where Cavern comes in. Mm. And Cavern would be that outside party that you will trust with this information and understand their expertise and put it in a location that will be better than my own location. Mm-hmm. I'm being, I being a bank or a hospital or any technology company or so on. Mm. So we're talking about pretty mainstream type yes. businesses, so banks, our, custo- or so, hospitals, you mentioned those types of groups. Yeah, and to your point, our customers are exactly that. Our customers are anywhere from small customers to Fortune 1000 companies, and uh, there could be uh, there are several national brand name banks, financial institutions. There are hospitals that really trust in us, and they've given us their business. Mm-hmm. And uh, on a regular basis, we are adding more customers because of our track record with these customers. That was a question I had: is is how do you how do you guys separate yourself? Because I I, I yeah I've met. We might have actually had a data center on the show when I started. I used to be the Entrepreneur KC show. And when I got into the entrepreneurship world, it was about 2010, right, when Google Fiber kind of came in. And so, you know, all I knew about data centers is what I had done in the legislature. Like, right. there was, you know, different types of people wanting more data centers to come into Missouri, incentives, and, and you know, and how, how do we work with them because of the – and then there's all these debates about jobs, you know, right. because it's not like a typical uh, company coming in because you guys are – you know, you protect things. So – um that's interesting to me is how you all have differentiated yourself to grow so quickly. I mean, I'm noticing you were founded in only 10 years ago. 10 years ago. And now you're and saying you have over 100 customers. In- right. And we've grown 25 <clears throat> to 30% a year. Uh, hmm. And we're a very profitable business. And, and the fact is that we continue to grow at that rate. Yeah. So that is a great question, how we differentiate ourselves. And, and generally what would be the last reason is our first reason, is how we treat our customers. As our, as our founder and chairman would say, our customers are our friends, and if they're not our friends and they come in new, they quickly become our friends. So our approach with our customers really differentiates us, and that's a day-to-day management and how they come into our facility, how we answer their phone calls, how we answer their requests in general, onboarding. 
But that's very important. Uh, the second one, which I would say is also important, is how we position ourselves. So we position ourselves as being very flexible. Mm-hmm. So we could have a hundred square foot, um, you know, kind of a location for a customer to ten thousand square foot location for a customer. So our flexibility is we are very flexible. Mm. Uh, we are also obviously, like I said, in a great location, which makes us unique. Um, another special thing about our location, our business, is that we provide our customers a room or a mini suite. Okay. So if you think about a data center, if you imagine what it is, and if you Google it and you I'm find it. I'm just picturing, I'm just picturing a bunch of machines. Exactly. Like, like, with a bunch of blinking lights. Yeah, you know? those are typically cages. Okay, so cages yeah. are basically, you know, you go into a large room and you have these wired mesh cages mm-hmm. and each customer has their own. Now contrast that to the model that uh, Cavern has, and these are mini suites. These are specialized rooms, like a five-star hotel. Okay. Every one of them has its own private entry, private security, have their own ability to monitor, have their own, you can actually have your own space where you can put your own sofa in and can actually enjoy your evenings uh, there <laughs> oh, if you wow. wanted to. Who knew? <laughs> and that yeah. kind of environment. So our, typically we encourage our customers to come in and take a tour because that's when they really see that third piece that we are really differentiated on. So that makes built, us, that so, makes so us So you different. have data suites that are built to kind of, um, for the person, person, for the company. Exactly. So you guys can kind of, work with them and, and build that for them. Uh, and you said how many, 100 to 10,000? Yeah, so you could you could be a very small customer with 100 square foot requirement or you could be a mega customer. We have one large bank and um, you know, and, and a hospital that is, is mega. There's some law firms too, I'm assuming. Yeah. They have a lot of data. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the website too. Uh, there is a virtual tour on caverntechnologies.com and a lot of really cool stuff. You have uh, links for data suites, built to suite, Built to suit, uh, rack space, co-location, and virtual tours. Um, so, Mark, uh, how the how the heck does MoBank uh, fit into a uh, data center? And how, how do you guys? What what are your thoughts? How do you get involved? And how do you assist great guys like Sean? Well, my connection with Cavern goes back to their beginning in two thousand seven. I was working at another bank, uh, Heartland Bank. It was in Leewood, and uh, I knew the Clunes. Somewhat. I think I know them too, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I maybe that's a popular name, but I went to college with a clone. Yeah. Megan Clune. She, she went to slew with me. Great family. Yeah. It, Catholic family. Probably related. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I knew them through my Catholic connections in town. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> See, Mark and I are finding we have more in common throughout this whole interview. <laughs> uh-huh. It's a, you know, can't say it's two million people, but it's really a, like a it's a small community. And yeah. if you're a Tiger fan, you're different. You're yeah. Yourself. Yeah. We're we're, but, we're 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 not we're not as many. In Kansas City. That's We're all true. on the east coast of the, the state. Exactly. But anyway, we, uh, so in 2007, um, Pete and John, uh, through one of the other officers at the bank, brought this concept for this company. And frankly, if you think about it, if they'd come a year later when the recession was getting underway, mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have done it because it's a startup company. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't a, a lot of collateral involved. And really the reason we did it was the people behind mm-hmm. the deal. And it, is that that's pretty common, right? For for MoBank, I, I find that you guys really invest in people. Well, we we always like to rather than say no, is there a way to do the deal? Mm-hmm. You know, you know banks but you always, also have a lot of restrictions because as a person who started a few businesses, I you know, and I know great people at MoBank and other banks, uh, you know, SBA. You always, a lot right. of times, that's that's the path. Right. So you have your uh, restrictions, obviously. Well, we're a regulated, highly yeah, very, regulated. Very highly yeah. regulated. And so sometimes, even though 
you have a great relationship, maybe it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, but you're saying, you know, you really invest in the people, which I think we're is ultimately lending to people. You're, you're a people person. People pay the loan back ultimately. Yep. So they came to us with this concept. We said, yeah, we like it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think our original loan was maybe 250,000. So it sounds about right. For yeah. A- and they build it out and they, they, they're in the underground at Meritex out in Lenexa and they build out a small space and rented it up right away. And then they came back for more and rented that up right away. When I switched banks, I was fortunate enough that they were able to come over with me. And now we've, we've loaned them millions of dollars over the years and, and they keep building out. Now it is, it is an impressive operation. Mm-hmm. Cavern, uh, you, you ought to go down and see it because it is, it is something how it's run. It's, it's secure. You know, basically, they're selling space, power, and bandwidth and to these companies. And, and I think in the post 9-11 world, it's become even more important to have that offsite storage mm-hmm. as a backup. Completely agree. Uh, really, really interesting stuff. We're going to come back after the break with more with Mark from MoBank and Sean from Cavern Technologies. And we're going to talk more about talent and also get behind more of the data center operations. You're listening to Grill Nation. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body Welcome back to a Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us again today for our third segment on 980 AM KMBZ. Mark Fitzpatrick and uh, Sean uh, Karana are our guests today. Mark is a senior vice president at MoBank and Sean is the president and CEO of Cavern Technologies, a data center in the Lenexa area. Uh, appreciate you guys joining me again. I'm learning a lot. I think our listeners are learning a lot about how uh, MoBank and Cavern Technologies work together and about the relationship. And one of the things, uh, obviously, recently is that <clears throat> Cavern, you guys were growing and MoBank uh, recently merged, as we know, with, uh, with uh, BOK Financial. Um, how did that affect what you guys were all doing? Because I know you were growing very quickly and we talked about some of the loans that, uh, you worked with and, and with, with MoBank, Missouri Bank at the time. And what's that transition been like for you? Yeah, it's a great question. As, as Mark had mentioned, we've had a relationship with MoBank from day one, you know, since 2007. And we were growing. And that growing. was because of the entrepreneurial aspect. Exactly right. They, they, they were, they were very hospitable to new people and, you know, they'll have a cup of coffee with you and talk to you if, uh, and, and you put your plan in front of them. I'm sure you guys had a bunch of different people you could have talked to and you, you chose MoBank. Absolutely. 100%. And, uh, there's coffee conversations, the local feel, the relationship aspect does make a huge difference. And, and it's almost like a case study, uh, that you would, you would read somewhere where we were growing so rapidly, 25, 30% a year, profitable business. But when you kind of grow at that level, your, your demands of what you need for capital increase. Mm-hmm. So MoBank was, uh, in our eyes, a very important partner, but we were kind of oversizing our limits, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, for, for MoBank. But with the relationship MoBank had, like Mark mentioned in the last couple of years with Bank of Oklahoma, the ability to support a business like ours increased as well. So at that point, with, with the relationship Mark, Mike, and Norm uh, came back with was a very innovative package for us which was something that was really based on what you were talking about, mm-hmm. which was less based on just numbers and a spreadsheet. 
but really more based on relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what makes Kansas City different. Sure, too, right? right, yeah. Relationships based on uh, forecasting uh, on, on the track record, our 100% customer retention rate. And then definitely it was important to see the management team. The fact that there were relationships back with the Clunes, uh, you know, I was on board, uh, or at least at that point I wasn't on board, but even before that, uh, I would think it'll improve you now further with me being on board. Um, so those things did matter a lot. And if you were to compare that to, I would suspect, maybe a national company or a national bank with a sales team here in town, I think the experience would have been very different. Mm-hmm. May I add, sure. uh, uh, Grant Burcham, who owned, who ran Missouri Bank and is still very much involved in Mo Bank's regional chairman. He is a he is an entrepreneur himself, mm-hmm. and he's a big reason why he understand we understand uh, how these businesses work. Mm-hmm. We had Grant on the show actually with Michael uh, probably at the end of last year, maybe mid last year, to talk about what they are going through, and and it, it truly is you know uh, very entrepreneurial supported bank. And these founders sure. do absolutely leave their mark. I mean, Grant was obviously his dad founded the company and. Grant had a lot to do with it. I've heard a lot from Pete and John about the relationship with Grant, mm-hmm. and uh, and certainly that's carrying through. So, a question here is: you know, your industry is is growing. Um, why why Kansas City? Why Kansas? Why why the Midwest? Because I'm sure a lot of these companies uh, on the East and West Coast, some of these bigger Fortune 1000 companies, uh, might go there. And why, why, why would I know you've, you've, you've talked about the being in the cavern and the yes. cave, yes. but why would a company and you mentioned you worked in Atlanta in Atlanta yeah. want to have a data center in Kansas city? Yeah. And, and there are two, actually two separate questions. You alluded to why the industry and what is happening with the industry. I think we should talk about that as yeah. well, but let me, cause it's not on, as new as it was. It's not you as know, new no, as, as 10 it years was. ago. I mean, not many people had heard of data centers. Right. Like you said now, and, now more people know about them. And trends are, trends are shifting. Mark mentioned space power cooling, connectivity. Even that's evolving. And I want to talk a little bit about that for the listeners who may not know much about the data center business and how that is evolving. Mm-hmm. But to your specific question about Kansas City. In the data center business, Kansas City is unique. And here it is. Here's why. First, it's the geographical location of being in the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. So the, the closer you are to the customer, the better off you are in terms of latency, meaning how far do I want to be? And as I exchange my information between the data center and the customer's data center and my own headquarters, mm. I don't want a lot of lag. Okay. So distance does make a difference. And we are in the middle of the country, and that does make a difference when you've got multiple locations and customers all across the country. Mm-hmm. So that is a huge positive uh, for Kansas City. And it's, it's a positive I think we should play up in some of our inter- other industries in Kansas City. 100%. I think transportation. If you think of... Data transport and internet transport is no being different than why Kansas City was the attractive place for trucking industry and railroad industry. Mm-hmm. I it think it's the, still the second second tops. Chicago's number one for rail. Exactly. For the amount of trains that go through the city uh, and the area. So, I mean, yeah, we need to capitalize on that. I we think. do need to capitalize on that. And so that, to me, is very important. The second one is more the uh, investments the companies and large carriers have made when i say carriers i'm really talking about internet carriers they put a lot of fiber in the ground in the kansas city area mm-hmm. so when you put a lot of fiber in the ground that actually makes transport and connectivity a lot easier mm-hmm. so kansas city is a central place for fiber connectivity that's called reason number 2 
I see. That makes sense. And then there's a huge reason, which is financial reason, um, for being in Kansas City. Kansas City, if you compare with the East Coast and the West Coast, could be just about half the rate of power. And power consumption is the number one cost in a data center because you're burning a lot of power in multiple kilowatts, sometimes megawatts of power. And when you're at a six to seven cents a minute of usage rate from KCPNL versus 16 cents, 15 cents on the East Coast. I used to live in in Long Island for a little while Mm -hmm. and understand how expensive that can be. On the West Coast, how expensive that can be, in addition to real estate pricing. That is a huge driver. Good incentives. We have good incentives uh, in Kansas let's, City. Let's from talk the state. about that. Yeah. So, so when I was in the legislature, it was yeah. you know Kansas is doing. It's always this. You know the states around us are doing this. We need to do for incentives. You know, like for public incentives, um, tax incentives. And I remember that debate because we we did something in Missouri at the time, the governor Nixon, uh, to try to bring data centers in the back into Missouri uh, with a big incentive. Now Kansas obviously has them because uh, that's where you guys are located. Yeah, we have huge, um, I would say good incentives, uh, property taxes. Um, you know, we don't charge for property taxes if you bring an equipment in, in mm-hmm. Kansas. There are some incentives for power as well that KCPNL works with us on. You get one full year of power free divided over five years, uh, after a certain size. Mm-hmm. That's a huge positive. In addition, obviously our rates are lower. So these incentives, um, are important. I uh, had a conversation recently with the KCADC team, Economic mm-hmm. Development. Mm-hmm. Um, John Clune and I went to a conference uh, recently uh, to D.C. It's called the IMN Conference, along with the Kansas City team. There's a huge focus, and Kansas City has had a real strong show there at a national level. Oh, really? Yes. And and a lot of that was Jill McCarthy, who was the, you know, kind of leads that KCADC team, and, and put a lot of emphasis on Kansas City. So we are making progress but we do have some challenges in getting ourselves organized. What are those challenges? Around, and I compare against like Iowa, uh, compare against some of the other states that have gotten some really big um, investments from larger companies like Facebook mm. and Google. Right. I, I, you know, and, and I, I heard about those. Yes. They're, they're in Iowa, is that where they are? Yes, and, and, and comparison to a Kansas and even a Missouri, I think that's where the organizational aspect comes into play and the political aspects, you've been in, in political mm-hmm, uh, scenarios, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. understand how decisions get made. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, lack of understanding of a certain business and what the drivers are do play into it. So, for example, a data center is not necessarily a strong you know, generator of employment. You could have a large data center with 10 people in it mm-hmm. because of everything is pretty much automated. And that's the way you want it. You don't want a lot of people touching equipment. Mm-hmm. But there are... Millions and millions and millions of dollars of investment that goes in it. So there are, there are investments and there are jobs that are created with hardware, with contractors mm-hmm. that are, you know, linked and, to and that. And that, that is an issue because, yeah, there's all these other economic implications. Yes. And, and those, need to, be, those and, need to be accounted for. Mm-hmm. But when it's, hard to, legislature. For it's yes. hard to account for them when, when a legislator is going to their voters and saying, yeah, so for every dollar we spend, you can't prove that sometimes. I mean, it's hard to economically prove all the new things that are created out of a data center. But there are a lot. Uh, and a and, lot of business. And, and some states have done it a little better mm-hmm. than the other. It's hard, but that's where it takes leadership from the local businesses, the entrepreneurship of businesses. Um, it takes leadership of people like ourselves here, sitting here talking about this more clearly and making it visible, mm-hmm. and then talking back, talking to the right decision makers and making sure they understand it. Mm-hmm. 
So, Mark, uh, <laughs> it's it is kind of it, once you start talking about it, it makes it makes it more make sense. And if Iowa is is getting all of this great investment uh, from major corporations, I mean, I think Missouri and Kansas can can improve, even even get better. We need a nice uh, unified effort, I think, and not to get political, but. Um there's, there's we, we don't mind that, Mark. Not, not, <laughs> believe me, we're, we're talking about data centers. That's not the most hot-button political issue we could be talking no, about. No, right but to attract these businesses, I, I feel like our state legislators on both sides of the state line are going in so many different directions and and uh, can't agree on anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, to, for us to attract these kind of companies to come in, you really have to have a unified effort and focused on bringing in business. So. And we'll mention, so Cavern was uh, two local guys, right? Two local guys, mm-hmm. uh, father and son. Okay, um, so so they 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 knew the Kansas City area very well. Relationships uh, were serial entrepreneurs uh, mm-hmm. had done other businesses like that. Good relationships within Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Also, um, you know, understood the risk management and operations business. So really, kind of made sense for them to be in this business. Mm-hmm. Meritex was a great partner. Pete Clune, the father, had been a banker for a while, so obviously he had a good idea of risk management and well connected in the city. Very cool. We'll be right back after the break with one more segment with Mark and Sean. A very interesting conversation. You're listening to Real Nation on 980 AM KMBZ. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show on 980 AM. KMBZ, I'm your host, Jason Grill. Appreciate you joining us and sticking with us for the entire show. Real interesting hour. We have Mark Fitzpatrick uh, from MoBank, Senior Vice President, and Sean Karana from Cavern Technologies, the President and CEO. Really appreciate them joining us. Really appreciate MoBank's uh, partnership with the Grill Nation show. So in our last segment, uh, let's, let's talk about talent more. Um, we mentioned that at the beginning. Kansas City, I think... I think people don't realize how many tech jobs we have here and uh, how many more there could be uh, with, with with the right talent. And you're mentioning to us, Sean, that we have a lot of good talent here in Kansas City with yeah, regards to the tech world. And, and, and growing that is very important. And how do, we, how do we really grow that and how do we evolve in that way? You know, and uh, I mentioned to you my background. Because you were here in the early days. Yeah, I was here in the early days. With Sprint. I was with Sprint and I came in in 1999. And uh, I experienced the growth of, of technology when I was in Kansas City, and I saw a huge emphasis in Kansas City and the investment that the Kansas City community made mm-hmm. in technology. Google Fiber being the first one that came here. First state, yeah, um, first city. Yeah, first city that they came to. And I know the Google, Google Fiber team and the decisions why they made it. It's um, Also, you would see that uh, Kansas City area is sometimes the first one for companies to come in and test new um Concepts. Mm-hmm. So if you're at the intersection of Metcalf and 119th Street um, in, in Overland Park, there's actually a young brand trio that was mm-hmm. uh, done with, with Taco Bell and KFC and, mm-hmm. and uh, what's the third one, um, uh, KFC, Pizza Hut. And, and the franchise. Right, the franchise. Big, big and that was here. trial there mm-hmm. because there is something about Kansas City area that draws different type of demographics. Mm-hmm. And and lo- attracts certain type of customer. So base. you're saying companies like to try out new things. And, they try out new and things. See if they work here because there's a good cross section. So it's not just technology. I mm-hmm. guess point number one, but certainly from a technology perspective, this is a great place for innovation. There's a lot of good talent. There are good universities that are feeding into that talent pool. 
Um, even if you're a Tiger fan or a KU fan, you know, they're a good talent pool here. Yeah, it, the only hard part is is the, is is the distance, right? So we have three pretty well-known state universities and UMKC, um, but none are like right in the city, right? So if you go to like Austin, obviously they have the capital, major research university. That is one thing I think. They're close enough, but we got to all work together somehow. We can get the KU and K-State people working together on different things and, and you know, bring in the MU people. I mean, I just feel like there could be more cohesion as far as in Kansas City. And I, and that would lead to more jobs, more talent, more education, more, you know, innovation. And I think, I think that, that is one thing that maybe hinders us a little bit is, is they are close, but they're not like here, right? They're not super close. And I totally agree with you. I think the universities, and I'm not in the universities yet. And You're is, North Carolina that is my, State guy. That's my passion too, by the way. My, my future job uh, at some point would be to teach at a university after I retire. Mm-hmm. So I kind of study this, and I understand that KU is, uh, you know, coming to Kansas City with with the Edwards campus, and you know, Missouri is is making efforts to be more integrated into the K into the Kansas City community itself. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the there is a, a there is a gap here in taking the university thinking and making it closer to the businesses. I'm also on the Foundation board of Johnson County Community College mm-hmm. and uh, largest community college in the area. Exactly, and yeah. one of the best there is in the country, mm-hmm. actually. And and I'm very proud to say my affiliation with there has really taught me a lot of things. And and uh, you know the president there and the team there are really innovative in their thinking. And that's precisely what they're doing as a community college is linking the college itself to the businesses and to the university to the uh, uh, big corporations. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of connections back at the top 50 companies in, in the Kansas City area to Johnson County Community College. Mm-hmm. And I think similar connections need to occur. And the, sometimes it's as simple as formulating your curriculums based on what the feedback is from the industry. Uh, for example, at Johnson County Community College, there was discussion about entrepreneurship when I was there and the connection between um, management and technology and the confluence of that because you can get technologists and you can get management people, get an MBA there. Mm-hmm. But very few people have that correlation, the connection. And the top MBA schools, like one I went to, are doing entrepreneurship classes. They're doing connection between the two and, and getting the people more ready for the next uh, chapter. I think, I think that's important, too, because if you're not going to the Chicago Booth School or uh, top 25 public university, I mean – the community college and that industry has got to continue to grow and put people into these jobs, educate them on the jobs that they're actually going to do innovative. And um, I, I think the education is completely evolving. I think we could be sitting here in 20 years and it'll be completely different with regards to training and uh, what people really want out of a college education. I, I do want to put in a plug, if I could, sure. for the data center industry in Kansas City. I do think that data center industry is a very important uh, industry and a very evolving industry for young graduates to consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, just high good, level, good, good, good paying jobs, good paying jobs, and very uh, interesting jobs. Uh, to me, it's pay is one thing, and I like tell my kids: if you're not interested, uh, don't just go for the money. There's very interesting jobs, and just high level. Seventy uh, percent of the data centers in this country are still insourced to the company like I was describing mm-hmm. in the closet outside in a, in a basement or on a floor at a certain company it used to be 80% two years ago. So the trend line is shifting towards, um, you know, expanding that business to experts who are like ourselves. Uh, also within our own industry, also ourselves, the trend lines back to our Mark's point about beyond space power and cooling, this connectivity to the cloud. 
there is discussions to be had about making sure that we are providing hybrid solutions to customers, meaning you can store your, um, you know, in your uh, equipment in our facility and you can put it with uh, Azure or with uh, AWS, uh, you know, with Amazon and you can share that information in multiple locations. Mm. So there are trend lines that are completely changing and uh, evolving this industry into a different uh, kind of different space that is going to be even more interesting. And certainly, I think from our perspective, as we look at talent within Kansas City area, I think there is a there's a real need for qualified people, talented people, entrepreneurs, people who have that ability to go break the mold and be more innovative and be more excited about the data center industry. Mm-hmm. And that's something you don't hear every day, Mark. You don't hear about data center jobs as being high paying. I mean, you just hear about what y'all do and, and maybe there's not as many employees in this industry as there would be at a, a fulfillment center or a whatever, you know, a typical job like that, um, which is interesting. Does well, that factor in at all into your, uh, your relationship when you're talking to a data center about uh, banking? Well, we see it definitely as a growth industry for all the reasons Sean described. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think there's just great opportunities and I, what, Cavern is so unique, though, with the underground and the protection from the elements and the natural disasters. Uh, it's really, I think it's, it is the uh, model business in that. And, I, and I'll say this. We have about a minute left in the show. Um, you guys take on a lot of risk. A lot of things are changing in the technology world with, with different types of risk, with uh, breaches and whatnot. How does that, how do you guys protect yourselves? I yeah, mean, and, and certainly we, we think about that every day. Uh, I think there is a... Uh, like John Clune says, you know, we've not had any outages um, in in the ten years we've been, and we've we've had risks in our business, but mm-hmm. it's not an accident, really. I mean, it's it's something that we plan for, and there's a term called redundancy and preparing for the future. And if you need one, you add two more, it's called n plus two. Mm. You could you could have diversified risk, and you you have same source of information coming from two different parts, completely independent. It's called two n. So basically, it's in the design itself, and it's in in how we manage our business. Very interesting stuff. I want to thank Mark Fitzpatrick from MoBank and Sean Carana for coming on the show from Cavern Technologies. The website is caverntechnologies.com. Appreciate you guys coming in. Mark, uh, you might have heard Mark's voice at the Sprint Center during the Big 12 tournament. If you're uh, there next year, check it out. Uh, He is the PA guy for the Big 12 tournament as well. So now I'm going to tune in more, Mark, when uh, I'm there next year so I can hear your voice. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Appreciate you guys coming in today and sharing all the information. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you again next week on Grill Nation.